0: you're listening to the electronic media collective podcast network yeah it's a mouthful for more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy visit electronic media collective.com and now our feature presentation i actually kind of feel yeah it's like imagine i'm sorry go ahead no sir you go first Uh, yeah it's like this damn (laughs) skype man we Welcome to EMG Radio. This is Randy, and today I am joined by Drazen Rodriguez. How's it going?
1: It's going pretty good.
0: Good. And that's the end of the fake-sounding segment. Hopefully we can sound more relaxed now. I always hate the intro. <laughs> the intro always sounds so fake, but I gotta, like, you know, it's the official, you're here, it's the show.
1: Yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that supposed you listening must think you're a professional
0: by now. Oh, well, they would be sorely mistaken. what have you been, we have you here today for a specific reason, other than the fact that it's been forever since I talked to you. Um, But aside from that specific reason, what's, what's been going on lately?
1: I've been very busy with life. Like it took a while for my life to catch up with me, but in the past year or so, I just, I've been so busy. I've barely been able to focus on music. Like, I haven't been making music, but I've listened to more music than I ever have. So I guess that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, that kinda of like recharges your batteries a bit.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I took like a sabbatical from work. And all I've done is like listen to lots of different music nonstop.
0: You were a workhorse in terms of putting out music and then and then yeah, you you fell off for like you said, almost almost like you said earlier, almost a year.
1: Yeah, like, I remember two or three years ago, like, I would release an album, like, uh, once every month or once every two or three weeks.
0: And they're, like, full-quality albums, man. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the rate at which you'd, you'd be able to put out music.
1: Like, to be honest, I always felt like I was, like, making music rock. Because everybody would, would be like, okay, in six months, my album's coming out. And I was just worried. I was... I was just thinking, wow, if they take six months, does that mean, like, I rush my music? Or am I just not making quality stuff? But I don't know. Everybody else seems to like it.
0: No, yeah, I would say it's quality. People have different um, methods. However, the dry spell of uh, Ezra Yates has been broken.
1: Pretty much it has, yes,
0: finally yeah I thought about getting a hold of you yesterday to do this, but I figured you were probably dealing with internet things for a pretty big chunk of your day uploading and and getting the album ready.
1: It actually wasn't that big of a hassle like to be honest, I've been meaning to upload this album for a long time, but I just didn't have the time or patience. but I was at my workplace yesterday. And the internet there is pretty fast. So I was curious to see how long it would take Bandcamp to upload a song. So I tried to upload the longest song, and it took two minutes. So I was like, it's time. <laughs> this is the perfect opportunity. Because that's mostly what I hate about albums. like It takes so long to upload a song. Usually, whenever I decide to upload an album, I just put two songs to upload. I go to sleep, wake up in the morning, two songs... And so on until I finally reached. After I finally finished the album, that's why most of my albums only have like five or six songs because I just my patience cannot handle it anymore.
0: All right, so the album we're talking about is Meditations on a Theme 2, the Practice of Death by Ezra Yates. How did this come about, and was it just time to start making new music or or? What was, like, your process on this one?
1: To be honest, a lot of the songs on this album are very old. Like, the oldest song on the album is maybe, what, three years old, I think. It was one of the first songs I first made when I got my laptop. Well, I didn't make the whole thing, but the main synth melody of the song, I made way back then. Uh, Like... Two years ago, I I got hyped up on making the Sendrake album, which I still plan to release. Uh But I hit a snag on the way, and I just kept rethinking it constantly. And eventually, I just decided to let it gather dust for a while, so I could reassess it. Because I I had a lot of pressure on myself to make it like the best album it could possibly be. So I took a long break. Uh, I released uh, Ezra Yates' Dead album, which was mostly music I had made in the past three or four months. Uh, but after that, it was kind of a clean slate. And I started composing these songs based on more uh, well, obviously, meditative music. Uh, music to relax. Music to sleep. Stuff like that, and uh, I eventually came up with the bulk of meditations on a theme, one I guess. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I thought I should make another one because the first one has a lot of long songs, it's very relaxing. I don't know, it feels more spacey to me. I wanted this one to not feel, to have. I wanted it to be a little bit more empty, a little bit more raw, in a sense. In some songs, I did accomplish it, and others, I don't think I did. But most of all, I wanted it to be a little bit more straightforward and recursive, Because after, like, two years, I finally learned how to program a beat correctly. So, I mostly, I've been tinkering with that a lot, and I usually just make a beat. Then I work with that. But I decided I wanted this album to be more electronic more percussive and i wanted I wanted it to be slightly darker. I don't think if I managed to get the darker sound, but it's definitely more electronic and percussive than anything else I've ever released so uh I just in the end decided just try and sort all these songs together, and I'm pretty pleased with what uh came out, but to be honest, I haven't listened to it that much because most of the songs are so old. I've I've worked on them and listened to them for years. Yeah. It kind of gets tiring after a while, so in that sense, I still kind of prefer the first one because I haven't listened to those songs that much. All the songs on the first one were songs that I composed recently. These ones, most of them are pretty old. Some of them are not, but for the most part, I've worked on these songs for so long now that I don't want to say I'm tired of listening to them because I still love those songs, but I kind of need to from them. So in that sense, I still kind of prefer the first album.
0: I gotcha. It's good to be able to, though, kind of like to still be able to release them and put them out there. And then in a way, I'm sure you'll listen to it again, but in a way they're it's they're done. They're done and out, you know.
1: Yeah, today I decided uh, on my way back home. I just put the album in my car and I just listened to it on the ride home, and I was so pleased. It was—it was just like it's over. Yeah, I finally done these songs. Yep. And it—it sounds a lot better than I thought it would. To be honest.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. It doesn't sound like um, you say a lot of them are older songs, but it doesn't necessarily sound like. Uh, regression uh, in your style. It, it still seems, it seems, um, compared to uh, the last couple of albums, it still seems appropriate in, in where your style has gone.
1: Yeah, it kind of took me a while to like find my own style. Because, you know, I've always kept on changing albums throughout album. I don't like to repeat myself, but I actually like, I really love this type of music I'm making right now. And it was just a style I felt was I was more, most comfortable with mm-hmm. repeating. And obviously, like I said, I wanted this one to be more electronic and more percussive. I didn't just want it to be a rehash of the first one.
0: And the tone of the album overall is consistent. and I would say it's got a very mysterious tone. And then there's also like a lot of um, Eastern influences on the album, especially specific tra- or particularly tracks like... Um, the dragon of the West and, um, Wow, what was the other one? A couple of the tracks towards the end of the album had a very Eastern tone to them.
1: I've always been very influenced by, by that type of music. Like I love sitar and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I, uh, early on when I first started making music, I tried to make music like, music like that and I just hated how it sounded. Uh, it just sounded very fake to me. It didn't sound uh, as trippy, I guess, as I would have liked it to sound. But, like, I think it was in 2012, I think, I finally found that mix that I was looking for. And since, since then on, I've always had that certain Middle Eastern influence in my music. I don't think all of, the, all of the songs on the album have it, but a few key ones do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, not not all the songs, but it's definitely, yeah, there's certain tracks that definitely have it, and it still works as a whole, I think. What song would you like to play first? Is there a certain song you'd like to talk about, something that pops into mind?
1: First song, uh, I'm going to talk about exactly the first song on the album. It's called Fourth Temple Theme 2. Most people would probably question why there's a two in there, because there's never been a one. Uh, that's actually the oldest song on the album. That was a song I made when I was first starting to compose music. I made the main synth melody you hear in the song. Uh, it was originally a pretty much electronic track. It had a lot of normal beats, except they sucked. But I've always loved the melody in that track, and I've, it's taken me years to find something to do with it, because I didn't just want it to be the same thing over and over again. It kind of is, but I added new sounds, and I just love the way it sounds now. It's probably my favorite song around the album, and it's the one I'm most pleased with, because it took me so long to work on it. Uh, the reason why it's called For Simple Bean 2 is because it's always reminded me of the Forest Temple theme from Ocarina of Time. I don't know what it is. The two songs do not share the same melody. They sound very distinctly different, but for some reason, they also sound alike to me, even though the melodies are different. And I just didn't have any other name that could possibly fit, so I just decided to name it Forest Temple theme 2, in honor of Ocarina of Time.
0: Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you, it's been a long time since I talked to you for the interview episode, which was episode number two. I yeah, think, that I was think a long time. this is episode thirty-two, so it was like thirty episodes ago. Of course, if we'd have kept it going on weekly, that wouldn't have been very long, but it's actually been like what's it? It's been over a year for sure. It's been like a year and a half, almost two years. Maybe almost two Not years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which means I might have missed the two year birthday for EMG Radio. Wow, this last year's gone fast, if that's the case.
1: Yes, it has. Like, it's last time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um. Oh, yeah, but one thing I, I wanted to ask you I'm sure we probably talked about it a little bit on the interview episode. Um, maybe your process has changed a little bit you working off any specific synth, uh, plugins and, and stuff like that. Like what's your, what's your mixing mix down?
1: Well, since then i still pretty much use FL studio eight and audacity, but I have a better understanding of it mm-hmm. way better. Uh, I know how to edit a lot better now. I can take noise out of recordings, which I had no idea how to do before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and overall, I think I've just become a little bit better with the whole mixing thing. I'm more pleased with my mixes now. I don't completely hate them once they're out. Uh, but I have gotten a lot of neat plugins. Most of them you don't hear on this album, but uh, a lot of like ambient noise plugins... I obviously forgot the names. They have very weird names. Sure. Uh, I also uh, I've been using a lot of uh, yeah Middle Eastern sounding plugins, Indian dreams, Asian dreams. Kind of sounds like an angel porno, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes, it does. Oh man.
1: But they do have probably big music, so I can look past that. <laughs> I've also recently, like six months ago, I found some sound fonts, which I haven't used in like forever, that pretty much have more Middle Eastern stuff, but that's where I use most of my percussion. I don't use a specific plugin for percussion, I use sound fonts. And uh, the overall beats that I can make with FL Studio.
0: Oh yeah, one thing I would essentially—you you mentioned a lot of this album comes from older tracks. Um, did you end up kind of remixing uh, some of these tracks, remastering them, and stuff like that, or is, or a lot, or are they pretty much how they were?
1: The songs are that are older than a year. I pretty much changed them completely. Gotcha. Uh, I, I kept. I pretty much kept the main melody of the song, but I added and took out a lot of stuff. Most of these songs were pretty much incomplete. They, they were only like 30, 30 second clips of music.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But I liked them and I thought of this to continue them. So I pretty much tinkered with them a lot. Uh, the ones that I would say were pretty much kept the same are the second track, Stone Bison, Flying Bison, which I made last year early on. The fifth track, Closer of Ghosts Gathered For My Nebula, which I think you've played on here before.
0: Yeah, I, I I believe I might have.
1: And the seventh track, which you also played on here, Fear's Not Apart, Daily
0: Battle. That might have been the more recent track that I played.
1: Yeah, those tracks are the ones that are fairly recent. They're maybe six months old, five months.
0: Okay, before we get more conversational, um, you got another song you'd like to talk about? We could play...
1: I think the next one will probably be Dragon Quest.
0: Ooh, I really okay. I listen. I only got a chance to listen to the album once. I listened to it earlier today, and there are a lot of good tracks. But I think this was one of my favorite. I just really like the melody and stuff. Uh, This is one of my favorite tracks off the album.
1: I agree. I think that one was one of the songs that grew from like thirty second clip into a full blown song. Uh, The way I envisioned it was that it would have like this lone stringed instrument playing, and in the background there would be like a symphony and a piano to accompany it. Uh, to be honest, at first it was a completely different track musically. It was kind of dark and heavy, but I thought the melody lends itself to a sadder type of song, mm-hmm. so I kind of added that piano highlight just to make it sound sad, like power ballad, I guess. Yeah, it kind of grew from there. And I'm very pleased pleased with how it ended up. I love the symphonic melody in the end. And to be honest, the song kind of has a second part that I almost included on the album. But I just thought it didn't sound good in the end. So I kind of left it out. But it does continue from where the track left off in a way. Oh, nice. The title of the song, Dragon of the West, actually comes from a cartoon character, I guess, from... A series called Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. There's this very spiritual, awesome man called Iroh, and he pretty much like meditates and speaks in metaphors to inspire people. And I've always loved that character and his relaxed outlook on life. And he has a very sad and tragic backstory. And his nickname is the Dragon of the West. So I decided. Uh, I would kind of use this track as a tribute to him, I guess. If I might add, you probably notice that most of my track titles are just taken from show or something. But let's be honest; it, it's very hard to name instrumental music.
0: Well, and if that's if that's um, what it conjures for you, that's totally appropriate. Exactly
1: because. Uh, I'll be honest. Like sometimes I compose a song and I think of the track name like exactly when it's uploading to backhand. Really? I, yeah, because there are tracks that I just don't have a name for. Nothing comes to mind. I think track three on the album Manakete. I think it's pronounced. Uh, I'll be honest. The entire album was uploaded, but it took me an hour and a half just to come up with that title. Because I kept thinking of different titles, and I was just not raised. So sometimes I do just think of a cool title, and I just put it there. And other times it's inspired by a vote, or a character, or a dialogue, or just something that overall inspired first me. So yeah, this is Dragon of the West.
0: You said you've been listening to a, a a lot of different stuff lately. What's been your go to stuff?
1: I've been listening to a lot of hip hop lately. Like, to me, 2014 has been the year of hip hop. Even though most of the hip hop I've been listening to is all the south. Like, I'm i I'm mad because the new Death song came out like 2 or 3 days ago and I still haven't been able to listen to it I know it has Bjork on it so it should be pretty interesting I've been listening to a lot of metal I guess not as much as most people would assume but just some stuff the new Lincoln Park album just came out and it was either listen to my own album or listen to the new Lincoln Park album Yeah. so I just drove very slowly (laughs) (laughs) that's great I'll be honest I was like forty five, fifty miles per hour on the highway, just listening to music
0: <laughs> that cracks me up, man.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's ever happened to you? Like have you ever been just so excited to hear an album or multiple albums that you just you want to listen to them, but you want to listen to them in your car? you just drive slowly, as slow as you possibly can without affecting the law. Uh,
0: Sure. Oh, yeah, sure, man. Uh, That's where I do 95% of my listening to music or podcasts. It's always in the car.
1: Likewise. I don't know. I just don't like listening to music with headphones anymore. I think it's because mine are kind of broken. But I, I just get tired when I listen to music with my headphones on. But I can
0: listen to music in my car for weeks. Like I, I do listen to music at home. Um, it's usually if I usually if I'm on the computer doing stuff. But that also kind of depends because I've had those moments. Like lately, I've been I've actually been working on some music, and I had those moments where I'm like, I, I want to listen to music, but I can't listen to music while I'm making music. So it's a toss up of like, do I work on my own music or do I hear this to Do I listen to this other music? Because I kind of have been on it on a pretty strong music kick lately. So, and then if, if I'm listening to music in a car, like obviously I'm paying attention to driving, but I could still like absorb the music. Whereas if I'm on the computer and I'm doing stuff, there's a lot of times the music will just blow past me and, and you know, I'm just kind of occupied by what I'm paying attention to on the screen. So I miss a lot of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird because I agree. When I, I I'm listening to music, I'm driving correctly, but I'm also lost in music. I don't know. It's kind of like a trip. But if I'm working on something and I'm listening to music, eventually the work drowns music out. Yeah, and it's not as as I would prefer.
0: Yeah, that's ex- exactly exactly right.
1: But yeah, I, I also agree with you on that whole. When you're making music, but you actually want to listen to other music at the same time. Uh-huh. But you can't because you're so inspired that you want to make music. hmm I hate that. Because my... Mine just explodes. I, I never know what to do. So I almost always end up just recording, like, a main melody of something that I like. And I just forget about it and listen to what I want to listen to first.
0: Then that's how you end up with uh, songs like Forest uh, Temple Theme 2 or something where it you've got this melody that sits on your computer forever until one day you're like, hey, what's this?
1: Yeah, every few months or so, I just scour... All my project folders on FL Studio is—I think I have like 200, to be honest. Uh huh. Uh, And I always find something new, and I'm like, where the? When the hell did I make this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Sometimes I find stuff that is really good, and sometimes I find stuff that make me question why I ever saved it.
0: Yeah, I I come across that a lot. Not on this hard... I've got, I've got... I think I probably have some random hard drives sitting in a closet or something that has music too, but I'll occasionally go through some old stuff and be like, okay, well, I know why that's just sitting there. And then, yeah, there's... The, yeah. And then there'll be stuff where it's like, I don't remember making this, but it's it's awesome. Like, how, how can I not remember doing this?
1: Have you noticed that the, the stuff that don't remember making is the stuff that we actually like
0: yeah 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 exactly
1: the way I figure we're all fans of our own stuff It's just that we listen to it so much when we make it that we kind of grow a little bit tired of it but if we don't remember that we made it that instantly makes it amazing
0: yeah yeah because yeah exactly we're our biggest fans <laughs> and then we drill <laughs> exactly. our and then we drill our own music into the ground.
1: If five years from now, you start looking into your hard drives, and you're going to be like, whoa, this Control-Alt-Destroy guy is pretty damn cool.
0: Then I'll get scared because it's called Control-Alt-Destroy, and I'll delete it.
1: (laughs) I never erase music. Even if it's one of those projects that I hate how it sounds, I never erase it because I always think, I don't know, maybe this could work in the future. I'm a musical order.
0: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I wish there was, I either wish there was a better way to store it because like I said, I've got like random hard drives or even like an old computer tower sitting in the closet and my girlfriend will be like, you need to get rid of that. And I'm like, but there's a hard drive in there and it might have something good on it. Um, (laughs) Or or at least I wish I would have been better about backing everything up onto disks before. And that would have made it a lot, a lot better.
1: That's the problem of living in the computer age. I think we're all kind of orders, and we have so many options to back things up that we just completely ignore. Oh, yeah. Like, it's easier to put a whole computer in your closet than it is to put a single CD with everything on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I worry about, like, cloud storage stuff is okay. But I worry about that even being, like, a good option for backing your stuff, your stuff up. Because if you have a lot of space, you have to buy storage, extra storage. But what happens to that if you, like, forget to pay for it? Or, like, five years down the road, you're like, why am I paying for the storage? And you get rid of it, and then all of a sudden you remember, oh, yeah, I had, a like, five years worth of music on there.
1: Exactly.
0: I worry about that. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. For some reason, I thought you were going to say that you didn't feel comfortable uploading that
0: to, like, a cloud storage because of the man. <laughs> because I'm of not- the man. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, that is a risk, too. But for the most part, I'm not... Paranoid. I'm not paranoid enough to think that somebody's... That or I'm not confident enough in the music to think that somebody's going to, like, steal it and be <laughs> like, ooh, this is good look what i made and then try to make money off of it i mean i do have those kind of worries but for the most part i don't think people would know to look for that kind of stuff from me and my stuff's not like exactly my stuff's not mainstream enough where i think i think somebody could make a bunch of money off of it you know
1: dude i have honestly so many long ass songs in my project folders i have i think it i think it's a 25 minute song i have a 45 minute song like who in their right mind would steal that and try and claim it as their own? A lot of my family and friends constantly say, like, oh, you should be careful about your music because it's the internet, people can steal it. And I'm always curious, like, why would somebody steal my music when there are thousands of two minute pop songs lying around by much better artists than I am?
0: Yeah, well, I was talking to Daniel uh, Maldonado and. He's found his music on other websites where they were posting his music and trying to charge, I mean, it was tiny, like a cent per song or something, but they were trying to charge money for his music.
1: Yeah, I think I've seen a, I think I actually sent him one of those sites. Yeah. Because I don't know why, but I constantly look for my friends' fans on Google to see if somebody reviewed them to see if they're famous so I can tell them. And I think I found one of those websites once and I sent it to him. But I think it's a specific website whose name I always forget. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, bands and artists from around the island and from friends that I know worldwide who have had that same thing happen to them, yeah. that they go on this website and they're selling their song for 50 cents, the whole album for like $5 without their cents. I'm pretty sure it's only a specific website, but to be honest, and I don't mean to say this in a negative way, but it only happens if you play metal.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Like Every single artist I've seen on there that is local or independent, it's it's always a metal band. So I guess there's a demand for that.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's one of the more popular genres. Daniel, I think he had some of his uh, Tommy Sanazaki stuff. Which is definitely not metal, but um, I guess it's still dark. But
1: yeah, I think it's because metal metal fans tend to be either two extremes, either they're very open minded or they're very close minded. And well, from what I've seen, a lot of metal fans tend to like dark ambient, ambient stuff like that Mm -hmm. to a to a degree. So maybe that's why it's so popular. And also probably because he doesn't make fifty minute long. 15-minute-long
0: songs. <laughs> That's true. That's true, man.
1: Dude, I remember uh, when I was first starting out, I don't know if you remember, but, like, the first official album thing I released, uh, Scape in Las Vegas, it only has four songs, and the last song, it has 250 15-minute-long songs. And I remember a guy on my Facebook out of nowhere started arguing at me that I should make four-minute four songs because uh, I can get the message across the same way. And I was like, "Well, when you're when you feel sad, you don't feel sad for four minutes. You're <laughs> sad for 15.
0: Yeah. Well, and like, what did he care? Like, not all music is made to serve the exact same purpose. Sometimes exactly. you want. Sometimes you want a journey song. Sometimes a song has to take you for fifteen minutes because that's what the song does.
1: Exactly. It's not like I specifically look for, oh, let me look for a 15-minute long song. It's usually a very specific song. Uh, it managed, manages to keep me immersed in the song. And usually those type of songs go by in a flash. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not a fan of, of a, like Dream Theater, but they have this one song called A Nightmare to, Rem- to Remember, and it's like it's 16-minute se- it's long. It's a 16-minute long song. And it always feels like five minutes to me. And whenever I'm at work or in class or something and I want time to fly by, I just, like, play the song in my head two or three times until it's finally time to leave. Yeah. And it always works. But I think it all depends. Uh, In my case, I wasn't talking to to that guy about my music at all. He just commented out of nowhere. And he got pissed off at my answer, and he, he raised me, and I don't know.
0: That's so weird.
1: And I know, and I'm like, okay, if you want to make three-minute songs, that's fine. I love three-minute songs, but let me do whatever the hell I want. If he was my bandmate, I could understand, but no.
0: But yeah, just some rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to earlier this week. I was listening to uh, uh, Tangerine Dream. I was listening to Rubycon Part One and Two, and dude, each one of those Part One and Two, I think Part One's like seventeen, almost eighteen minutes. Like some songs, they—that's just the experience. Like not every not every song is setting out to be a quick uh, four-minute pop song. You know, it's. That's just a ridiculous concept. It's so funny that he got upset.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't. I honestly don't understand. And sometimes I see people online complain, like, "Oh, the song is so long." And what I see is just a five-minute-long song, six-minute song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, "Damn."
0: Did you? I think maybe. Do you remember that song? You? I think you had it on YouTube or i don't remember where you had it you had like a 40 uh, something 40, no- yeah yeah i remember that man
1: <laughs> i think i only know maybe two people who have listened to it completely uh i i forgot the name of the song but yeah that song is mostly a bass solo and noise
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and Back then, I was very into long ambient type tracks, so I kind of worked on that. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, I kind of prefer shorter songs. I'm pretty sure you can see that in my last two albums. Yeah. Because before my albums usually last almost an hour or more than an hour, but now they're like 35 minutes. I don't know. Maybe it's Because I listen to music when I drive, but I want to listen to more than one song on my trip. So I've kind of been gravitating towards
0: that. I found a little bit the same with some of the stuff I've been working on. Um, Some of my older stuff would be a little bit longer, 8 minutes, sometimes up to 10. But I never really set out to be like, okay, this is going to be a a big, epic, long track. Or this is just going to be a quick in-and-then-jump-out type track. It just kind of, for me, it's always like, and maybe my structuring's weird, but the track just goes where it goes. If I get to an end of the end of a section, and and I'm like, oh, this needs to go here, the song will just keep going. And there's been cases where the song will just keep going and going until finally I'm like, okay, this seems like this should be the end, you know? Really, the song dictates it.
1: I, I definitely know that because well, that's happened to me a lot. Uh, I think one of the songs on the album, I think the last one was originally maybe 10 minutes long. I kind of cut it down a bit, because it not bored. Mm-hmm. I think it's the appropriate length now. But sometimes I do compose thinking I want this to be a longer type of song. Because sometimes, you know, I'm in the mood to hear a longer song. But I don't think I have it in me to make another 20-something minutes on. I think the most I can do is maybe 12 minutes. Yeah. Like I said, most of my listening time now is when I drive, and not all my trips take 20 minutes.
0: Sure, sure.
1: And I don't like to skip ahead to parts that I like. It loses the immersion. If I work my ass off to make a 20-minute long song, don't you dare skip to the last minute. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: <part> like. <laughs> yeah yeah i understand that feeling too because yeah i'll do that with my own songs There, i know like there's a part later in the song or the second half of the song is awesome but like i can't i can't skip the, the first part and sometimes i can't even like be like well i'm gonna cut the first part because it just seems like it needs to be there because that's organically where the second part grew from like Editing down songs, sometimes I'll do it, but it's like you said, if it's, if it's boring, if, it, if it's just like you're listening to it and you're like, well, this is not good, you know, it's boring, I'll cut down songs. But otherwise, I, I kind of hate to do it.
1: Yeah, it kind of loses the original idea sometimes. And sometimes I feel that maybe the first time I was right, and now I'm just ruining it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, sometimes I think it's best to trust ourselves from the past.
0: Yeah, and trust that initial instinct.
1: That's pretty much why it's taken me so long to get back up on my view of music, because I went through a period where I would just, just second-guess everything. Every song had to be perfect. I put a lot of pressure on myself. Because I had this very grand idea of what I wanted to do. It's I'm very ambitious with my music, more than I should be, especially since I'm on a very limited budget, but sometimes I can't help it. I pretty much fell into that where nothing is good enough. I think that this year, I think I've only composed like two or three songs, and we're halfway throughout the year, but I have probably 50 project files for 30 minute sound that I started something that I loved, and then thirty seconds in, I just got tired of it. I couldn't think of anywhere to go, and I
0: just left it there. I totally understand that too, and that's a, that's the same problem I've been having for a while. Is grand ideas that are hard to follow through because they just don't. It doesn't seem like I can get it just right, and that's pretty much why I've been promising uh, a control or destroy album since 2012, and it hasn't come out yet because the concept just grew to be too big and too, too big, but also kind of too constricting that I lost. I've kind of lost interest. Like I I want to do it, but I just can't, I just can't. It's, it just kind of stopped me dead. And I haven't worked on music for a long time till just recently I decided I was like, okay, well I'm putting Gorgasm aside. That one's just going to have to put that aside. And I started working on this other stuff that just like, has been really clicking and over the last week, maybe two weeks, I've been able to bang, bang out several solid starts on tracks. And I've been, ho- I'm hoping to have, uh, by the end of the summer, I will have some type of album out and it won't be Gorgasm because fuck Gorgasm. <laughs> it just stalled out on me. It stalled out on me and it was more frustrating than exciting. And this new thing is exciting. So you kind of got to go with the inspiration where the inspiration goes. and sometimes. You start second-guessing, and it's just... Ugh. So, yeah, I totally understand. I totally understand what you mean.
1: Yeah, I think that's the same thing that happened to me with the whole centering thing. It just it became too big for me to handle. I had this very grand concept and this very specific idea of, why, of what I wanted the album to be, and I was constantly rewriting everything. I kept changing, and I kept adding on it, and it just became too much for me. So I just kind of shut down, and that was, I think, in 2012. And, yeah, it's been two years, and I still haven't released it. And I've released, I think, three albums and an EP since then.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that was kind of mostly why I released the whole 3 is that thing. because I was just sick of it. Not sick of making music, not sick of every Yates, but I was just sick of my stupid desire for perfection. Yeah, I was sick. I was sick of trying to one up myself and to be more ambitious than I should. Because sometimes we have to be realistic. We just don't have the skills yet to do what we want. So I put that aside. I tried to work on different types of music for a while. And I just decided, let's take some months off and just listen to music again. Because back then when I was releasing an album every couple of weeks, I didn't listen to music as much as I would have liked. Because most of my listening time was spent composing. So I just decided to just go back and listen to music again and try to recapture that
0: spark. We haven't uh, done too much on it, but... I like having audio snuff as kind of um, this other thing where it's like, well putting too much pressure for on my on my main project here, my main solo thing. But I there's always there's always always audio snuff where I can be like, Well that's where I can kinda of let out some other ideas and some stuff like that.
1: The way I see audio snuff is pretty much everything that I feel won't fit into N stuff. I think every, yeah, every experimental type of sound, I can just apply to audio sound. I think I can find a way to make it work there that I couldn't make it work anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an option that I love to have around. even if it takes us a while to get it into groove things. Yeah, because we're both atNC and with Writer's block. I honestly feel once we start working on it intensely, I think it will definitely be a killer album.
0: EP song thing, <laughs> yeah. E album, the new e, album EP song thing. Half dead silence. by Audio <laughs> snuff. I would buy it. Yeah, so audio snuff. Look for it. Uh, 2017. I don't know. <laughs> well, and that's another thing, though. I also don't want to put a lot of pressure on it. I know you're busy, and like I'm having a hard like I. I I had been having a hard time doing any kind of music. Um, So I didn't want to put a lot of pressure on it and have it become another, like, like the Gorgasm album. It just became this, this thing where I couldn't, I was having so much trouble working on it, but I was feeling guilty for not working on it. Um, It kind of be just ends up becoming a hassle or not a hassle. um, It's like source of guilt. And I didn't want to put that kind of pressure on, on audio snuff.
1: I think the problem is that we, that we usually face with that kind of stuff is that we announce things.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then they don't turn out the way we want it, but we announced it. So we know there are people interested, or at least curious.
0: That, I totally, yeah. that's the worst, man. I agree.
1: Yeah. we. That's the perfect way to ruin a project because you build up a lot of pressure for yourself and you just crash yeah there are a lot of people who are comfortable setting deadlines for themselves and that's fine maybe it works for you but I can't yeah deadlines help me stop getting lazy but they also uh, they ruin my creativity because now I feel pressured I have very limited amounts of time to work on this There are very few instances where it actually works. For example, when we did the whole end of the world album thing, we only had a day. And by then I was, I think by then I was already going through that whole I can't write phase. And I pretty much recorded a song that I am very proud of to this day in maybe an hour or so. I, I was very inspired by the occasion. I thought the challenge was great, but that's a very rare exception. I don't think I would. I don't think I would be as lucky this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's that one. I'm I'm really amazed that came together like it did. Um, and yeah, I was able to have. I was able to throw a track together for that too. And the fact that everybody like that's a solid, decent length album. The fact that everybody could like. Everybody had this this like one day restriction and they all they all put together solid tracks. yeah, I don't think that would always work it just sometimes it just gels it just it just things work out. but then like this last album, the color album, there's that audio snuff track on there, but there's no control destroy track. I kept trying I started several tracks for it and and there was a month to work on it and actually by the time the album came out it would have been like a month and a half. Like I just couldn't make anything that sounded decent to put on it, and that had, and I had like a month and a half to work on it, and I just couldn't make it work. It's just weird when you can make that work and when you can't. Just yeah, it's one of the
1: biggest mysteries being an artist in general. Uh, that switch when we can suddenly make a song in an hour, and when we can make a song in six months, the same thing happens to in- me. Without exaggerating, I think I probably started like 15 to 20 different projects. I did create some finished songs, but I wasn't proud of them. I didn't think they were good enough. To be honest, I'm pretty sure most of that is probably going to be one of my next albums. Because <laughs> there are a lot of... <laughs> there are a lot of good melodies in there. I just didn't know what to do with them at the moment. Maybe a week from now, I'll start listening and end up making more tracks. I hope so. but. In the end, I was just not pleased with anything, so I started listening to different songs I've recorded throughout the years to find one that fit the color and theme that I was looking for, and I ended up with an Azure Flame kite, which is a song that will probably be on the soundtrack when I do release it, Mm -hmm. or it should be, but I thought it was a great uh, the, cor- the color album was a great way to introduce it.
0: Yeah, and that was a, that's a good track. I believe I played it on the last episode, or else I'd I'd play it now.
1: I, I think you did. I think I, I think yeah. I'm pretty sure I I, I listened to that episode
0: because we always got to end it end it with with some Ezra Yates. It just kind of <laughs> it, well, it accidentally happened. It accidentally happened on so many episodes that Ezra Yates was the last song we played. It became a thing. It became a thing, so it's like tradition.
1: Yeah, and we have to keep tradition.
0: And then occasionally I feel bad, so I'll, like, open the show with a with an Ezra Yates song.
1: Yeah, I remember, I uh, think it was uh, the End of the World album. I think that's the only EMG release where Mine Track is not the last one.
0: It happens on the albums, too, huh? Oh, no, that's not necessarily true. Like the like half of them you are, and that's still kind of awful, I guess. To
1: be honest, I thought I thought it was intentional.
0: Well, you see, it just kind of depends. It kind of depends because, like, a lot of times, uh, Ezra Yates songs that we get for the albums from you, or or on the, they have they do have that like that long, um, engulfing, draw you in type feel. I think I always just kind of put it there instinctively because it felt like like an album closer. Like I like the albums where, at the like it takes you on a journey before you finally get to the end, you know. And I think that's part of the reason that it would happen that way.
1: <laughs> I'm inclined to agree.
0: <laughs> it's not because we don't like you. I promise.
1: <laughs> don't worry, I understand. I think some of my favorite tracks that I've ever made were the Halloween ones. I think my creativity was spot on.
0: I love the Halloween albums. I like working on those because it's not necessarily constrictive. Like, like the color album was kind of um, restrictive in a way. You had this concept that you had to adhere to, at least with the Halloween album, people can kind of, I think it, they, it gives them the reason to like, if they don't generally make dark music, gives them a reason to break out of their usual stuff and have fun with it and do this kind of spooky thing. And then the people who do like <laughs> making dark music, <laughs> then they have a reason to, like, go all out with it, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think the thing is, Halloween can be pretty much anything. Like, there could be lighthearted Halloween music, and it would still sound Halloweenish. Mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie, and it's not scary, but it, it is a Halloween movie. And a Christmas movie, but you get what I mean.
0: Well, yeah, a Halloween song, you could make the darkest, most morbid song, or you could make some upbeat, wacky comedy song, and it's still a Halloween song. It still works. Exactly. It's a very open theme to work with.
1: Yeah. And hell, why not do both?
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. A Halloween track for me is easy to do, because a lot of my music is feels like horror stuff anyway. So... It comes naturally.
1: Kind of used to come naturally to me, but then I got all Middle Eastern up, and now I actually have to think about.
0: it. So next Halloween, are we gonna are you gonna give us a like a Middle Eastern ha- a Halloween song? Yeah, I think that'd be sure. awesome. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think
1: yeah, I, I think in this
0: case, I'll do both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one thing. I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this about, about your album meditations on a theme too. Um, maybe I did. I think I, maybe I did, but I liked that it was mysterious. And I think in messages about between you and me about audio snuff, you mentioned you wanted to do some mysterious type stuff. And I think that kind of definitely came out in this, in this latest album of yours.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I didn't want it to be more straightforward, but I also wanted it to be mysterious. Uh, I think the first one had a bigger air of mystique. This one is more mysterious, I think, in how much open space it has in some songs. It's not as murky or spacey as the other one. But yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Probably all that uh, desire to make mysterious sounds. The music came out in this one. Well, that is why I wanted to have uh, the practice of that subtitle. It sounds dark. It sounds mysterious. It sounds like something you probably want to hear just to see what the hell it is.
0: It is a great title, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's also one of the titles that I kind of borrowed.
0: <laughs> you you can do that. You're allowed. You are allowed to do that.
1: Song titles are not copyrighted. Mm-mm. Well, it's from uh, a band that pretty much influenced this whole movement of mine for the most part. It's called Aum. Like the chant. Uh, they're kind of like stoner metal. But that was just like very Middle Eastern sounding music with violins and all that stuff. And they, uh, my favorite song from them is called uh, Meditation is the Practice of Death. And not only is it an amazing song, but that is such a killer song title.
0: Yeah, it really is.
1: I thought the whole The Practice of Death thing was a great fitting subtitle to this album, and i worked around that. I wanted it to fit. It took me a while to decide which song was going to be the title track, but... I'm very pleased with the one that finally made the cut. It's actually the song that I liked the least uh, throughout the making of the album, but now it's one of my favorites.
0: Really? That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I was listening to it earlier today, and I was like, wow, is this the same track?
0: That reminds me, do you want to play one more song off the album? This uh,
1: it's the last track on the album. It's called I Offer Unto You All My Dreams and Aspirations. This is the second oldest song on the album. It's actually the first ever song I recorded in this style, uh, in the Middle Eastern style. It's the song that drove, drove me to make all these songs and albums. So I found it a very fitting way to end the album with the original song, pretty much. This is a song that I said was originally a 12-minute song. I trimmed it down when I first made it, and it's pretty much untouched. Since then, uh, since I was very pleased with how it it ended up, it originally had a very long song title, kind of cut it down a bit. It's still pretty long, but I don't know, I like it better this way. The original first Middle Eastern NBA song. This is I Offer Unto You All My Dreams and Aspirations.
0: of like, you put this out. Are you just? Are you going to continue taking another break and take it easy, or do you have like, is it is it is it rolling again for you? Do you are do you plan on doing another thing right away, or what's your plans for music music wise?
1: The main reason I uploaded the album was kind of to get away from my break because I got sick and tired of just wasting time. I decided. If I upload the album, it'll motivate me to start working again. And to get out of the slump. And so far it has. I'm very motivated. Uh, I've had, maybe... uh, Because I've been checking a lot of my uh, old songs and stuff. And honestly, I think I have like three full lengths completely recorded. I just haven't released them. Because... They're old. I don't think they're relevant anymore. Maybe one of those will come out in the future. But I'm very inspired right now, and I I really want to continue this direction. So hopefully, hopefully before it's summer ends, uh, maybe by August, I hope to have at least another album. I don't want to have to go back to making an album a month, but I don't want to have to make an album a year. I don't enjoy that. Because once you get into the groove of things, like, songs usually pop up very often. But if you get lazy and you shrink it off, then obviously you're never going to come up with anything. So, yeah, my goal is to have uh, an album out by the end of summer. If not, then by the end of the year. But it'll probably be similar to this one. I want to continue... This sound for at least an album or two, and I don't know. I guess we'll see where it goes from there. I, I'm saying this right now: if anybody of the year will have this weird hip hop album that nobody likes except me,
0: I would be interested in hearing uh, what a hip hop album from you would sound like. <laughs> I would be very interested. I love songs,
1: my main problem with releasing a hip hop album. Cause I can't rap.
0: Now, would you, do you feel the need you'd have to find, either do it yourself or find somebody to provide vocals or could, or, or do you feel like you could release like just a, a beats type hip hop album where it's instrumental?
1: I think I could, I could do an instrumental hip hop album Uh and I probably will in the future because that is a genre I, I enjoy but Rapping is one of the things that I love about hip-hop. And the the uh, the fact, the thing that's delayed it most for me is, like I said, I can't rap. I just can't. I'm never satisfied with how it sounds. And I always get... Uh, I lose all motivation by the end of it. So I think, honestly, I would probably have to find someone else to help you with vocals. I don't know, maybe I could sing the chorus. I could be the disinterpreting. Yeah? (laughs) But for now, I need somebody else to do uh, the rapping for me. Because I can't. I'm perfectly fine with just making beats and the song and just singing a chorus every now and then.
0: I think you should do it. But don't put pressure on yourself to do it. Because like we said, that's a killer. Yes, exactly. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I haven't really put pressure on myself, but throughout this last year and a half, I think I've probably tried. I think maybe I have like six or seven songs. They're kind of diverse. Like, some of them sound very noisy, like Death Grips, I guess. Others are more, I don't know, mainstream, I guess. And some of them are kind of trippy. I guess it all depends. I just need to find a vocalist. Once I do that, I can get into the groove of things. I don't have to worry about if my voice will match or not because it's not my voice on the song, anyways. And once that is set, I could probably get to work on that and release something, at least a song.
0: So we got to call out. We need a we need a vocalist. We need a hip hop vocalist. <laughs> Put the word out. Yeah, we do. It's hard, man. It's hard. I mean, maybe there's, I'm sure there's certain areas where you can throw a rock and hit somebody that can do some raps, but it's hard to find somebody that can do that um, and do it decently. Not just, not just the rap part, but like writing, writing it, writing it yeah, and spitting it. That's
1: up. the hardest part. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want somebody on my side rapping about how they boned that hot chick last, last night. <laughs> I don't care for that. Sometimes I'm okay when hip-hop artists do it. And I don't want like, Kanye West on my song, where the whole song is just about how amazing he is.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'm a fan of more introspective lyrics. Lyrics that make me think. Mm-hmm. Or at least something... I like smart wordplay. Maybe something... It could be. It could even be something funny. Just as long as it's not generic, you know. Oh, I wrote a song about killing people. I wrote a song about killing my ex girlfriend. How original am I? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would prefer to avoid that at all
0: costs. Something with some stu- substance. I, I totally understand. So, if you've enjoyed this Ezra Yates music, this episode, you should go to ezrayates.bandcamp.com. It's E-Z-R-A. Y A T E S Ezra Yates. Um, Do you want to? Do you have any other links you want to pimp? Do you uh, like? Uh, is your Facebook also Ezra Yates or?
1: Yeah, it's Ezra Yates Music.
0: Okay. Um, all together. All together now. Ezra Yates. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no spaces. Ezra Yates Music. Let's see. How do I take us out of this?
1: Well, you can always just say.
0: Okay, I'm going to take us out of this. Okay, I'm going to take us out of this. Thank you for listening to EMG Radio. EMG Radio is an electronic media collector production for the Electronic musicians' Group. It is a license of experience, comics, Commons attribution, non commercial algorithms 3.0 on corded license. All music contained within EMG Radio. podcast catch property of the respective owner, subject to the respective type for licensing and used here with the <laughs> For more EMG Radio. Or hit us up on Twitter at twitter.com slash EMG Artist. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Awkward. uh, (laughs) Have that silence.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yes.